reaching up and making the grab. Odell Beckham Jr. Stafford buys time. Protection is good. And so is the pass. Henderson came out of the backfield. Jefferson in motion. Henderson, nice cutback. Stafford rolling and throwing. Caught, caught, touchdown. Stafford caught on the run. Caught, who else? Out of the slot to the right, looks that way, fires that way, but makes the grab at about the 18 yard line. Pass, cut, got it, touchdown. Burrow trying to keep it going, gets spun down, gets it away, and incomplete. It looked like P. Ryan might have had a shot to make the grab, but the Rams now. Running down to celebrate with a defensive play. Guess who? Guess of course. Who? I mean, you don't even have to think about it. Do not even have to think about it. Pointing to the ring finger. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the East Coast Rams podcast. I'm your co-host Ashton, while my awesome co-host here is Zach. Uh, how are you doing, Zach? We got a special guest. Yeah, so I'm doing great. It's uh, been quite a few weeks since we've been able to do a podcast, but I'm really excited to get back into it and really excited about our guest today. Yeah, uh, let me give a quick introduction. This is my awesome brother-in-law, a big USC fan. Uh, if you guys remember him, he's actually from our pre-draft uh, podcast, and I'm just going to let him sit here and brag a little bit. He did... <laughs> pick out two of the Rams draft picks and it's not like we went over a list of like 2030. Yep. Uh, he only had a list of like seven to like, I think 10, uh, like three or four per position group. And uh, he did a really great job breaking that down. And uh, I really respect his uh, football knowledge, especially when it comes to college. Uh, but we're going to be breaking down the AFC East, uh, his team, the Dolphins, are in that, so he's going to know a good amount, you know, a little bit of bias for Dolphins. Uh, but still, like, I, I do trust his judgment when it comes to that division. Very interesting division. We'll break down all those transactions and stuff. Uh, but, Zach, let's first get into some Rams news. Yeah, so, I mean, we it's, it's been three weeks since we've had the podcast, and there's been just a trinkle of news that's come in here and there, but... Uh, the big news of the week is the Madden ratings come out. I don't know if you either of you actually play Madden anymore. Um, I think the last one I have is maybe 2020. Um, but uh, but everyone takes these with, you know, they either love it or hate it. Uh, but we did get some news. Um, we're only two days into their release of the ratings. So we got the wide receivers and safeties, and then we got the edge and defensive linemen. Uh, starting off with the receivers, since that's what they started off with. Uh, big news for us is that Cooper Cup was on that list. Uh, they, he was tied for number four, uh, putting out his rating at 96 total. Um, for some reason, they decided to give uh, Justin Jefferson a 99, uh, even though Cooper Cup did not get that when he won the Triple Crown. So... Um, <laughs> interesting play that they did there not saying that justin jefferson doesn't deserve the 99 oh he does it just it just feels like cooper cup got slighted 
during the Super Bowl for getting the Triple Crown. No, Devontae Adams got it over him when he had a better season than Adams. And, of course, one of my coworkers who was a Packers fan said, oh, yeah, they get more contested catches. I'm like, so it's against Cup that he gets more open than people? Like, I never understood the hate against Cooper Cup, but I think most of the time the devs do stuff like this to try to kind of drum up conversation about the game instead of, you know, having good gameplay that like they have to do marketing stunts. And some of these are marketing stunts plainly. Uh, now Jefferson deserves the 99 uh, rating himself, just like I think Aaron Donald deserves it too. Even though he was injured, he's still going to be the best offensive tackle this year. I I highly doubt he wouldn't be. And if someone disagrees with that, if he has a fully healthy year, I think you're crazy, personally. I will say, um, with Cooper Cup, at least this year in the Madden ratings, I think the reason that they knocked him down is his deep threat ability. That is what he's struggling with, according to the Madden developers, Madden ratings creators. But, no, I agree with you guys. Uh Back, you know, looking back at the Super Bowl, he should have got a 99. I'm fine with his 96 this year. I think you guys can agree. He, yeah, uh, he's still one of the best receivers, clearly top five, maybe sure. top three. But yeah, props to Justin Jefferson because man's man's different. Balling, yeah, yeah. and uh, definitely, it's one of those things where like I get where people say Cup struggles with deep balls because he didn't get any last year, like the line wasn't really holding up anyone <laughs> but that's not what cooper cup does i mean other than yeah. other than you know for the love of the game pass like that's that's just not who cooper cup is he's he's not the deep threat he's he's no. the he's the safety net he's the you know reliable hands you know shorten the short distance so I, I, that's not really bread surprising. and butter at 20 and 30 yards he makes his bread and butter at 20 and 30 yards really. well he's a yak i mean he, he's definitely a yak man so he you know the yards after the catch so you know, whether he gets 10, 15 yards, he's usually always adding five to 10 plus yards uh, every time he runs. So, so. Um, but Andy, you should be kind of excited because Tyreek Hill did also make the list. He, he was ranked number two and got in a 98. Um, so that's pretty, that's pretty good as far as the uh, Dolphins fans are concerned. Oh yeah. I'm excited about that. I don't know if you guys saw the news from Tyreek Hill, I believe it was yesterday actually, where he was on a podcast and he was saying how he's, he's, guaranteed uh, and he's determined this year to break 2000 yards he basically was like i'm about to retire soon one of the things i want in my trophy case is that 2000 yard season so a determined tyree kill is a scary tyree kill i'm excited to see how that works out um but yeah 98 in, in madden is always great and well deserved from a player who had a record year last year yeah it'll be hard for him to get that 2k cup didn't even get it and he was getting fed the ball fed so uh he'll have to definitely work his butt off and he if he gets it like he's already a hall of fame he's mm -hmm. i'm like he's definitely nearing the case of first ballot hall of fame if not second ballot easily uh he's just such a great wide receiver so definitely deserve like deserves that uh any other notable uh ratings I mean, you already mentioned Aaron Donald hitting that 99. Um, seven times. Yeah, seven times. And so, you know, when I when I was looking doing research, I mean, he was currently tied with Peyton Manning as having the same number of 99 club uh, within Madden, and he breaks that record this year with the seventh. And seventh consecutive. I didn't look and see if uh, Peyton Manning's was consecutive, but um, but it's still a it's still a really good 
uh, accolade to have for him to have, even though it's a video game score, um, you know, they still take a lot of uh, analytics from the real world game to, to bring that into the video game. So uh, definitely a great accolade for him to have. He is the <clears throat> highest person with the most uh, 99s without being on a cover. Yeah. I mean, and that's just crazy that, you know, the defensive goat of all time has not been on a Madden cover. I, I will say this. There were a lot of people on Twitter. I was looking at the comments when they released these rankings and how they were like, why is Aaron Donald on 99? Man's washed. He's not, he's not that good anymore. He was hurt last year on a team that, let's face it, wasn't very good. But you put him fully healthy with a, a passionate Aaron Donald, still the best defensive player in the NFL. And if it, it's just the truth. I mean, he's he's double and triple teamed every single play. You see how you see what the the work he puts in to even get through on those plays as well. So uh, he, he's definitely one of those deserving players. And again, some people may say that you know, kind of the opposite of Cup, where you know they're they're maybe inflating him a little bit because of the injured year, maybe. But he's still the best defensive player out there, hands it, down. He, he's totally in such a different league as a defensive tackle because most people have to compare him to edges. That is how good he is at his position. A washed Aaron Donald in two to three years when he actually is getting old, he's going to be as good as Frank Clark was in his prime. Like, he's he is that good, and people don't understand. And this isn't Homer. Like, I, I'm not gonna say like our safeties right now are the best of all time like no you watch this guy it's a highlight reel almost every game he's in for most players in their career and people just don't under they don't grasp that when they only watch him one game every two to three years well and people just realize like he is if you look on any top 100 top 50 chart uh from any publication aaron donald is always in the top five if not the top three, um, he's always right in there. I think USA, the, their wire, their NFL, um, they put him at number two, right behind Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he is that defensive threat that no one wants to deal with every single week. Um, you know, when they when their offense is playing, they're playing on where number ninety nine is. They, I mean, even when Ramsey's out there, yeah, they they want to know where Ramsey is, but they're not they're not afraid to throw it to Ramsey. Which you know, we'll talk about that when we get to Miami, but. Um, but at the same time, everyone's afraid of Aaron Donald. They're always trying to figure out how can we double, triple team him so that we can take him out of the equation. And he's never out of the equation. You cannot I think eliminate him. Last year is the first year in four years where with the tackles and edges, Aaron Donald had the highest pass win rate and the highest double team rate out of all players. And last year was the only year that got broken because of being injured it's just people people gotta stop the hate like i get he was hurt he still deserves a 99 if he has the same year this year i would be perfectly fine with people setting him at 94 95 but um this year i i think injured years don't necessarily mean someone that talented will instantly be worse now, the moment, the only thing left I'll say about Aaron Donald is the moment he retires, that statue better be erected right outside of SoFi Stadium. Gotta I mean, got think... have the ring me statue. <laughs> there, there should be like three or four of them in his best poses ever, and that should be one of them. So he might have the most statues outside of SoFi Stadium once his career is over. Um, so, yeah, there's not a whole lot to talk about, but everyone's putting out these lists. They're top 10, they're top 
100 players, their top whatever. Um, some notable things, uh, ESPN, they, they've also been releasing their stuff slowly this week, um, putting in the Rams-Cooper Cup at number five, which again, I think we're all in agreement that he's a top five court, uh top five wide receiver. Um, you know, he may not be number one just because of the injured season he had last year, but wherever you put him, I mean, there's, there's so many wide receivers, but there's really a lot of good wide receivers out there that, you know, being in the top five, wh- however you mix them up is, is, is a impressive mission. Yeah. It's yeah. impressive. Um, moving on to QBs. So this is probably one of the first lists that ESPN or that anyone has put out that put Matthew Stafford in the top 10. They put him at 10. So he just barely made it in. Um, but what are you guys thinking about everyone seeming to diss Stafford? <laughs> so I mean, that's start. a big diss. A- Andy I'll, I'll has start. a take. This is this this is this is a perfect uh topic to bring up, uh, Zach, because uh, just last Last week, me and Ashton were talking about quarterbacks, and I'm like, Ashton, let, let me run you through my quarterbacks. Now, I feel like I'm going to get hate. Obviously, I'm on Rams podcast coming as a Dolphins fan, so I'm already I'm, I'm from a place of, like, the enemy, right? I mean, at least I'm not a Seahawk or whatever, but I love Matthew Stafford. I think he is very, very close, if not already, going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. So let me preface by that is that I'm not a Matthew Stafford hater. At my ranking right now, to me, he's more in that 15 range than he is a top 10 quarterback. Um, I think that has to do with his age coming off a major injury. And when he was healthy last year, did not look very well. Now, he could completely change our mind. I'll, I'll admit I'm wrong. I'm, I'm very much willing to say I'll eat my crow. I'll tell you that I'm wrong. But I got to see it from him to prove that he is not going to take a minor step back or at least be at that age. It's very hard to come off an injury at his age and still be a top 10 quarterback. Sure, but we could also say that he wasn't actually healthy at all last season. Um, I mean, realistically, they they downplayed his elbow problem uh, in in training camp. You know, he was very limited, and you know when when he did throw, he was on a pitch count. So they I downplayed think, him being hurt in the playoffs last year. Sure, um, but you know when he was so you know whether you believe him or not, they say this is the healthiest Matthew Stafford has probably been in years. Um, so. Well, they we'll said see. the same thing about Gurley in 2019. Okay, well, you know, I think they <laughs> they maybe have learned a thing or two since <laughs> since that case. Um, not to mention maybe the whole NFL has, but uh, we won't oh. go down that rabbit hole right now. Um, but you kind of look at some of these other quarterbacks, like you know, Dak Prescott does not impress me, and he they he got put at number nine. Um, you know, there are some other there are some other players out here. Um, that you know you could probably put into that top ten, um, but uh, I, I, let I still me think... ask you, Andy, if you have a game-winning drive you need with the Dolphins and Tua goes out and you have e- either Dak or Stafford to pick from on your bench, who are you going with? It's Stafford. I I mean I agree with that. Dak yeah. Prescott at nine is insane. I mean he had. Hey, a, I've always ter- thought he's been he had overrated. a terrible season last year, but he wasn't hurt. He had weapons. He had offensive line. Like, what was his excuse? And to put him at nine to me is crazy. I have him like I have I have him lower than Stafford on my list. So, I I agree with both of you. Where I don't I don't see this Dak love. If if we have this if we have a true healthy Stafford, I think he 
he bumps up in the top eight. Um, if we have a truly healthy Stafford, um, you know, I think he's, I think he's above Justin Herbert. I, you know, I, I get, he, he could throw the ball and he's, he's fine, but again, he hasn't proven to me that he's all that, that he's a, you know, top five quarterback at this point. Um, but again, once, once you make it into that top 10 of, especially quarterbacks, there's 32 of them. It, it gets a little dicey on how you, how you um, split the hairs on comparing each other. Obviously we know Patrick Mahomes, uh, Joe Burrow. Those are some of the, and I mean, even Josh Allen, you know, there, those are the, some of the top elite players at this time. Um, Aaron Rodgers on the jets is going to have to prove something to me because, you know, he didn't look super hot last year. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see how that goes. And they um, literally got all the same wide receivers, <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. I got the whole, yeah, pretty much the whole team flocked over there. Um, <clears throat> surprising on the list is that Debo Samuels didn't make it onto the wide receiver list. So, you know, there's that going for you. Yeah. Debo none of this. Debo no, Samuels were interesting because you remember two years ago, man was like top three in the league. He was, he was him. But then you move into last year, and for whatever reason, the 49ers decided to use him as like a running back hybrid. And then McCaffrey came, and it kind of was a Debo. Where is Debo? What is he doing? But people forget how good Debo Samuel is when he's healthy and when he's used to his fullest extent. He is a top 10, way higher top 10, probably middle of the pack receiver when you get him fully healthy and fully used into a system. Yeah, I mean, like he he scares us. I mean, obviously, I, he is a threat. He's that threat in that run in that backfield, who then can go out and you know immediately catch the ball and, and get some yards. So um, it'll be interesting how they use him this year. But uh, he did not make the top ten. So um, and kind of got, kind of got the late breaking news as of today. Um, Kevin Demoff was on the Eleven Personnel podcast this this week. Uh, got released today uh, with Jordan Rodriguez and Rich Hammond. Um, and we got some we got some tidbits um, over the last several weeks. There's been news that um, the Rams were wanting to trade Stafford, that they were seeking a trade, um, and then that the latest rumors were that they were wanting to. They've been they were basically begging Stafford to restructure his deal, and Stafford refused. Um, and Kevin Demoff he he was on the podcast today, and you know he was able to kind of give at least the Rams organization side of things. Um, and pretty much said, yep, those didn't happen. I mean, if someone wants to come to us and say, Hey, what are you, are you looking? And they're offering something. I mean, obviously they're going to listen. Um, but you know, they were not looking to move away from Stafford if they wanted to, this is from, from him, his contract, they were able to walk away without paying him or, you know, extending him and they could have saved that 59 million. Um, but they chose to keep him, and that goes with the restructure too. Um, you could have walked away. You could have tried to find another uh, another quarterback to to fill his shoes, but I think they believed in him, um, and you know they they do see him being there in the long haul. I mean, we, we heard it from uh, Les Snead earlier that he is one of the pillars. He's one of the the you know the reasons why they think the Rams are going to continue to have some success even in this season is because of their three pillars. Um, you know, so with Cup, Stafford, and Donald. So I don't see those three going anywhere. Obviously, we keep hearing rumors now about Aaron Donald getting traded to whichever team is on the docket. But again, I don't see the Rams giving up, you know, the best defensive player of all time, um, maybe to save a little bit of cash. 
I think the season would have to be going in such a terrible direction mixed with a heck of an offer from a team. You're talking about multiple first rounders and probably a few second rounders for them to consider, or they're going to just keep him until he retires. Like there's no point in moving on from that caliber of player, unless if a team is going to give you the bag. And I, I kind of feel like, and disagree with me if you want here, Zach or Andy, I think both our COO and our GM are kind of fed up with like, the bad trades and trade offers. I think uh, with Ramsey kind of being an outlier with them wanting to deal him to kind of somewhere he wanted with his uh, deal expiring with him as outlier. I don't think they're looking to trade players unless if it's really a good deal and they're not going to get fleece, so to say, or like a bad trade deal to comment directly on his quote. I mean, who knows these reports came from credible reporters so that's where like you you have the team saying one thing and this team has had a history this current regime has had a history of lying uh directly to uh the entire uh public and then you also have had reports of teams lying about what the rams want like ginning up trade interest in players that they weren't actually trying to trade for lying about the Rams being interested to kind of boost up that player's stock just because the Rams have been known to swoop in and like throw picks at it. It, it, They were trying to get other teams to boost up their offers artificially that way. Uh, So there's a lot of misinformation going around. And And, uh, I mean, the media, I mean, again, you know, there, it was a slow week, so we didn't, we decided not to do, podcasts over the last two weeks to cover the random craziness that has popped up but a lot of these or like a lot of these groups they still have to feed the they still have to feed the beast and so what's the better way well let's pick a team and let's say some outlandish thing about them this happens with every team sure this is happening with the dolphins as we speak um (laughs) and so it's just one of those things it's a new it's a slow news cycle they're just going to throw everything to the wall and see what will get the most attention um and the stafford trade and the stafford restructure is really what's getting it right now. The Aaron Donald stuff is kind of hit or miss if you actually hear it or not. Uh, but uh, I mean, because people aren't that stupid to believe that. I mean, like, what, I was, think the Stafford thing is more believable than like trading Aaron Donald. Like the Rams for the cap hit Aaron Donald is like they're not going to trade him away unless if it's a great deal. And I, I don't think Demoff said that they they didn't talk about trading Stafford at all. I think that. There, what he was saying was, is that we weren't going out and seeking to trade him. If other teams wanted to say, "Hey, what would you do for him?" they had a conversation. But like saying that the Rams were just actively going through, at least from what Demoff said in the in the podcast, that I, it just doesn't seem like that was the the case. Yeah. So we shall see. But probably the biggest news that every fan, for one reason or another, wanted to know um, is new uniforms. Were the Rams uh, going to be revealing new uniforms in for the 2024 season? This would be the time. This is about, you know, the first two weeks of July have been, you know, where they normally have released uh, a new jersey. And Demoff said no. And kind of going further, he pretty much says, unless things drastically change, he doesn't see a change for next year as well. So we're looking at least 2025 before we will get a new, um, to get a new jersey. Which, 
Ashton, I'll let you go first since you uh, you may seem more upset about this than me. But well, I mean, I my favorite jersey is the all yellow, so I I really want a modern version of the all yellow. Like I you you first off the jump when I say they're giving up on free money like alternative jerseys like don't cost you that much to produce and they make you a bulk of your revenue like they make a lot of money off of these jerseys and um i all i can think is they're not selling well uh good enough to justify making more uh so i mean i don't know i mean i was on their website and i was trying to buy certain jerseys and i couldn't buy them uh because they were out of stock so whether they they're just having supply issues or they are going fast. I don't, I don't know. Um, I mean, I still bought a Jersey, even like I bought a new Cooper cup Jersey. I went ahead and just splurged. Um, and, and yeah, I got a new one. I, and that's, that's the one I got. I got the, I got the modern version. Um, and that's just what I like. I mean, I'm the bone is kind of being tossed aside. It's more their alternative Jersey since they, they're now moving to the modern as kind of their away, you know, for away Jersey. So, I don't know. I like the I'm, bone too. So, I mean, I think the bone looks fine, but like, I, you know, I wanted a modern, um, and so I chose Cooper Cup, and that's that's what I'm getting. Um, you know, there's really no other players that I'm like really dying to go after at this point. So, um, I'm, you, you I, listen, I'm okay with it. So you listen to it. I didn't. Do you know mm-hmm. if they commented on getting a new helmet? Like, are we going to get alternative hel- helmet? Because they are allowed no. to do that now. They are. Uh, it does not sound like it at all. They oh I, they didn't really gosh. touch on the helmet. They just said uniform. But the helmet doesn't cost you any money. Like you just sure. I think I think the other thing, like, and I was following some other player or some other people on um, on Twitter and uh, Yusuf, who's one of their production guys, who does a lot of the who does the he's a producer for the behind the grind and things like that. Um, what he noted and what Rams brothers noted too is like. There's a lot going out there right now. There are other, there are a lot of other teams that are rebranding or they're doing their throwbacks and their things like that. So why pick a time where it's so heavily done and let's pick a time where the Rams can actually shine and show off something. Um, and maybe they just couldn't find a good design. Uh, they, they couldn't agree on what they wanted. And so they're just going to take more time. And I think that's, I think that's fair. I mean, should we really re continually rebrand every two years because the modern throwback is only two years old it's not rebranding though it's adding variation true but i i don't think you i don't think you have to go that route i don't think it's a big deal if they get a yellow helmet with blue horns personally but you know it it would be cool uh andy uh any news on the dolphins uniform front are you guys Uh, going classics we are bet all Dolphins fans almost unanimously are begging for the throwbacks to be our permanent jerseys. Those things are sick. One of the best jerseys in the NFL, in my opinion, but I'm a stand for the Dolphins. But of course, no news from that. It's not going to probably happen. They like keeping with the modern aesthetic Dolphin, which no one really likes that much and stick with the aqua and, and the white and the normal, you know, all white, all green, all aqua, depending on the color rush for doing like a monday night game or something but no no i would love them to do a throwback um they look super clean but i guess we'll find out maybe later yeah that's all my rams news updates for the uh for the pod 
Yeah, awesome stuff. Uh, Andy, let's get into the meat of the podcast, uh, why we brought you on here to talk about some AFC East uh, division standings. We'll kind of get the ideas of uh, every team. Uh, I like to do this because I know I'm not paying as much attention to uh, the other divisions, let alone the other conference. So wanted to bring a fan of uh, other team to kind of talk about their division, uh, break it down. We'll go over some recent transactions of each of the four teams mm-hmm. from that division. And uh, we'll talk about uh, what we think about the rosters and stuff like that. Uh, Andy, do you want to go ahead and start? We'll, we'll go in order of uh, <laughs> standings. And unfortunately, uh, the Buffalo Bills, your guys' nemesis, Yep. <laughs> uh, won the division again. Like, is this the year the Bills start to kind of get their whole little shaken or broken from the East? So we'll get to that in a little bit when I talk about when I when I when we go through each team. I'll talk to you, talk to you guys about kind of like my predict my predictions uh, record wise, and then you'll kind of piece together what that means division wise. Bills are interesting. They're they kind of. So we can start with kind of where they were last year, right? So they were 13 and three last year. They lost to the Bengals in the divisional round, you know, can't seem to get past the divisional or the conference championship. They just can't get to the Super Bowl. kind of a bills thing to do, right? They can't win the big one. Um, offensively, top five, defensively, top five. So like what, you know, what's the missing piece here, right? Um, they're interestingly enough, the defensive coordinator right now is TBD. And reports are that Sean McDermott stepping in and kind of doing a dual role, being a defensive coordinator and head coaching. So I know it's July. There's some time to find one, but this late into the offseason, not having a set defensive coordinator could be an issue. Um, so we'll see Going how that kind of training camp. Yeah. So who, yeah, having the, is Sean McDermott's going to have his system and then hire someone that changes the system or just kind of, it's, it's, it's interesting. In terms of their losses, I mean, you don't see really too many big names outside of Tremaine Edmonds. He he leaves in free agency, goes to Chicago. I mean, Singletary leaves, not a huge loss. Didn't really have too much production. I mean, we know all the uh, controversy around the running back rocket right now, so we're not going to kind of dive into that. That could be a whole podcast on its own. But in terms of additions, they go out. They don't get too many. Again, it, it's kind of just a plug-and-play kind of offseason for them. They think they have the roster. They get Puna Ford from Seattle decent defensive tackle to help up front. They get Taylor Rapp. You know, you guys are very well known and know of a Taylor Rapp, old Ram guy. Um, and they get Damian Harris from New England, who is very interesting to me because he was very good for New England before injury and before Ramondre Stevenson kind of took over that that mantle in New England. So stays in the division. We'll get those kind of payback games, if you will, against New England later on. Uh, we'll see there. Draft-wise, I really like their draft. I hate to say that. Uh, I hate the Bills, but I like their draft. Dalton Kincaid, great tight end prospect. Gonna, we know Dawson Knox has kind of been that very average, very like vanilla pudding tight end where it's he's not great, but I mean, you, you can you know, there's not many people you can replace him with that's going to be either. They don't want him on the. <laughs> They don't want Knox on the roster. They keep on cutting him and just like, oh, okay, come back. <laughs> it's, it's so weird. Yeah, Don Kincaid looks like he could be a you know maybe not day one starter, but it's definitely going to be pushing for that starting tight end role in you know coming weeks in the NFL season. Uh, Dorian Williams in the third round linebacker from Tulane is going to be to me a steal. I think he's a very underrated linebacker prospect. Was very good in college. I like how 
I expect him to do good things in the NFL. Um, just if you look through their roster, um, I have my own personal like roster rankings for them. Um, overall, every single position group is decent. I have questions about that O-line. I don't think it's very good when a lot of people do. Personally, I think Josh Allen makes that line look better than it truly is because of his improvising, yeah. because of his moving. It's not very great. If, if, he, if he was a Matthew Stafford, he would be getting sacked a lot more and it would look a lot worse. But he makes up for it with his, obviously, his great running ability. Linebacker is okay. But we all, we, we all know that the truth of this is that it's Josh Allen's team. And the Bills are going to go as far as Josh Allen will go. Last season, he had kind of a down year. He threw a lot of interceptions, a lot of turnovers from Josh Allen that could have cost them. And for whatever reason, they cannot seem to get past anywhere deep into the playoffs. But if we look through the schedule rankings, um, I had them going 12-5. and five. It's only one less uh, than last year, I believe, when they had 13. I think they were 13-4 and four last year. So it's it's looking like another good year for the Bills, but the question remains, are they going to be able to get into the into the playoffs and actually go deep to the Super Bowl? Because it's again when this is this will be like the fourth or fifth year consistently where they have been a top five team, top three team, Super Bowl contender. And if you don't make it again, is it time to finally say, okay, this isn't working, let's try to get something out of it? Like how how long are you gonna get stuck in this dishwasher cycle? without moving forward or doing something to get to that edge. Because, I mean, the Rams were a good team for a while. They even made it to the Super Bowl, but they had to do some different things. And, you know, go, you guys know better than anyone, those that draft pick strategy, you know, trade all the picks, get the players, and do the thing. Well, I mean, it's interesting to see from the Bills. Well, and you have to make sacrifices. I mean, you, you have to make the ultimate sacrifice. The Rams did. They made it to one Super Bowl, lost – um, then they, you know, waited two years and then they had, they did the ultimate sacrifice was trading your quarterback away, uh, to bring in Matthew Stafford, who then took you to the promised land. So, you know, sometimes players, ha- teams have to make that terrible choice when they know something just isn't working. Um, so yeah, I understand. Yeah. My, my take on this bills team, I, I think a lot of their problem is their defense just it's a really good defense, but in like crunch situations, I feel like they tend to fold, uh, especially against the high powered offenses in the AFC. Uh, I just, I've also felt that their wide receiver core outside of Diggs is kind of weak, uh, like one dimensional, uh, because, yeah, and I think that's a big problem in an AFC where you're trying to win shootouts. If Diggs gets boxed up, then you're really just kind of focusing on uh, Allen and his uh, legs and his ability, like, can he make the run or not? And, like, Gabe Davis, he's so hit or miss. And he's kind of – I don't want to say he's one-trick pony. Like, he's a good wide receiver. Uh, I think he's, like, a solid – he's a very good wide receiver three. I think he's in between wide receiver two and wide receiver three. And I don't think he's very complimentary to Diggs. Uh, my, my, thing with Gabe Davis, my thing with Gabe Davis is, is that every single year Bills fans are like, oh, this guy's great. He's going to break out. He's the stud. He's a star. He'll show you why he's so good. But every year it's always like he'll have one week, he gets 100 yards. In the next three weeks, you got 30 yards every single week. So you're yeah. right. He's very inconsistent. He needs to form that constant connection because we see you're right, uh, Ash, and you kind of hit the nail on the head there. 
where it's Josh Allen throwing to Diggs. If Diggs is covered, he's running the ball. I'm hoping, like, you know, they get Dalton Kincaid. I think he can be a good uh, tight end for them, maybe give him some more passing opportunities. They go out from – take from the Dolphins, Trent Sherfield. But, like, how – how much is Trent Sherfield going to actually add to you? Like he's what a wide receiver three, maybe a slot option kind of guy, but he's not going to actually be that big of an improvement for a receiver core that if Diggs is covered. And like you said, he's got to go up against Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard against the Dolphins. He got, he's got sauce Gardner in the jets. Uh, and even the Patriots don't have too bad of a, a secondary either. So the whole division has at least middle of the pack to great secondary defenses. So it's going to be an interesting question to see. Can they finally break away? Yeah, and I don't get why they haven't gone out and tried to get a really good running back. Or, like, I think Dalvin Cook would be a perfect match for this Bills team. They need an offensive weapon on the ground. And I know because I own some of the Bills running backs in fantasy. <laughs> they were very, very not good. I would say they were spotty. Um, and, like, if you had a Dalvin Cook or someone that can be that outlet, kind of uh, release some pressure from Josh Allen and his legs. I think that would make that offense a little bit more uh, dynamic and balanced. Yeah, I mean, I like Damian Harris. Uh, I, I mean, I just I mentioned that earlier, but is he that much of a substantial upgrade to Devin Singletary? Maybe it's like ten spots, but like you're looking from like a twenty versus like a thirty. So like, it's not like you're right, Devin Cook. You put Devin Cook on this offense, and it's maybe if he's healthy, like you you get so much more production, and he's like. He adds a variety, and that's what makes it dangerous, is like if people focus on digs, then you can have him kind of come on an out route, and like uh, they'll be rushing Allen. If they don't rush Allen, Allen can run, and if they're rushing him, he can throw the cook, and he'll be wide open, and he's dangerous out in the open field. So it's kind of nuts to me that Cook isn't signed yet, uh, that people haven't really kind of jumped on that. Uh, it seems like running backs are getting a little bit too diluted, but not to go on a tangent. Uh, so overall, Andy, you predict 12 and five for the Bills. Zach, what's your feeling with this Bills team? Where do you have them ending? No, I think that seems about right. Now, I would say to them, maybe they don't want to, maybe they'd rather be in a wild card slot or something like that so they don't have to play at home. Um, because you know, if it snows in February, you know, they seem to have problems playing in the snow in their own home turf. So um, whatever you say about that, I, th I think that's about right. I, th I think that they are a, they are a good team. And like I said, um, Allen is a good, he is a top five quarterback. Um, but can they, can they make it through? Like you said, it's, it's really hard for that. They, they, in the past, they have not been able to get past the Patrick Mahomes, the Joe Burrows. Can they do it this year? Um, so we'll, we'll just see. Yeah, I I have them going eleven and six. Uh, I think their schedule is um, it's actually a pretty rough schedule if you look at it. There are some really tough games. I I think they're gonna have to play uh, playing the Giants. Uh, people laugh, but the Giants have a really good roster. Uh, Jets twice, Dolphins twice, the Bengals, the Eagles, the Chiefs. Uh, it, those are some um, not easy games to go against these really good teams. And uh, I think they're going to struggle a little bit this year compared to other years, it, which 11 wins is still pretty good. In that is, Vaughn, is Vaughn healthy? Not fully. 
So, but I think by like week one or two, he he should be like. It, it's hard to say with someone his age because like you can say he's healthy, they'll say he's healthy, but like he'll have like a bruised rib or something like that where they have to kind of, you know what I mean? Like they have to put him on a rotation count, uh, and they won't say anything to the public. It's like Stafford had a lot of those for a majority of his career where they just didn't say anything. Uh, Zach, let's talk about the second team in the division, which was your Dolphins. Uh, <laughs> nine and eight. I remember watching a lot of your guys' games. Uh, they were very entertaining. Uh, still a little salty. I didn't start uh, <laughs> Waddle when he would have won me a game uh, during that uh, potential snow game. But really, uh, it was an explosive offense at times, a lot of controversy, uh, up and down year, a lot of emotions. You guys had a chance to go to the playoffs still and just it barely missed it. Uh, what happened and what is this offseason been for y'all? Where to start? Um, last year was heartbreaking for a lot of reasons. Um, great first half. Tua gets hurt the first time. Sad boy. Tua comes back. Maybe should not. Maybe shouldn't have come back when he did. Plays pretty good. Gets hurt again. Out for the year. Very bad quarterback play. Skylar Thompson, Teddy Bridgewater, both really, really bad. Um, but we still squeaked out. Made it to the wild card actually. Uh. So we lost to the Bills barely in the wild card game up in uh, oh, snow, yeah. a snowy orchard park where if we just had a single competent quarterback playing, we probably would have won that game. But I'm not making excuses. We lost. Bills were the better team, and there were a lot of reasons why. Our defense last year was poor, really poor. 21st in total points given up. It was bad. What did we do to address that? A lot of things. Rams fans know very well. We go out and we get Jalen Ramsey on a trade that is very beneficial to the Dolphins. Even if we have to pay him long-term, even if we choose not to, I will give up a third-round pick and a tight end we didn't use for a one-year rental to help us win a Super Bowl. I mean, I think you do that every time. Um, we go out and get a one of the greatest defensive money head coach in the current NFL, and that's Vic Vangio, VR defensive coordinator. Great, great yeah. defensive coordinator. is going to change this defense because there's a lot of – he's got a lot of tools, a lot of toys in his toy box he can use. You you read this defensive side of Miami, and it just it breeds like an all, all-star cast. You go out, we also, like I mentioned, Jalen Ramsey was a pickup this offseason. Going and get David Long, the linebacker from Tennessee, was a very underrated signing. Yeah. Didn't pay him very much. I think it was something like $6 million a year average or $7 million. Not too bad for a middle linebacker that's going to help us in our pass coverage, which was terrible. Our defensive line is really good with Christian Wilkins being a very underrated Pro Bowl-level defensive tackle. Um, Jalen Phillips off the side is very underrated. Uh, I really, Bradley Chubb was under Nick Vic Vangio in Denver. Can he get the most out of him? We know how good Chubb can be when he's played well and playing in a good system. Healthy. And you got maybe the sec- best secondary in, in the NFL. I'm not trying to be like a Dolphin stand, but I mean, Xavier Howard alongside Jalen Ramsey, Javon Holland's a really good young safety. And then Brandon Jones, who is not bad, pretty solid at, at that strong safety position. Also in the draft, you go out and you get Cam Smith. South Carolina Gamecock, my man. I watched him every Saturday in williams Bryce Stadium. Great man-to-man corner. He's got some some room to grow. He can get beat sometimes. Uh, he gets some his hands can get a little bit too clingy, a little too sticky on the on, on the receivers. But 
who better to train a guy like that than Jalen Ramsey, a Hall of Famer, and Xavier Howard, who is kind of teetering that Hall of Fame level right now. And also Dick Vangio, like I said. Um, offensively, it, it, it's Tua's game, kind of like with the Bills. If Tua can stay healthy, and that's a big, big if, the sky's the limit. I mean, Tyreek Hill wants 2,000 yards. We talked about that earlier. Uh, earlier. Jalen Waddell is a 1,000-yard receiver and ma- the best number two receiver in the NFL. You have a running back room that's not great, but going out in the second round, getting Devon A-Chain, speedster running back, another guy who can run like a 4-3, 40. The whole, whole team is just a track star team that also plays football. Biggest question marks, tight end group is awful. Durham Smites are number one. Dead last tight end group in the NFL, in my opinion. What does that mean for the Dolphins? Because if you remember, Mike McDaniel had George Kittle in San Francisco, so he always had a good tight end. Now he doesn't have a good tight end and never used Mike Jusecki to his potential. And then our offensive line still didn't really address it over the offseason. I mean, we signed Isaiah Wynn from New England. How much is that going to really make an effect? Didn't really address it. So... With that being said, there's a lot of potential for this group, but because of the question marks on the tight end group, the offensive line, and really the big, big question mark, Tua, I got us going 10-7, and finishing just behind the Bills with potential, kind of get that 11-6, but I mean, this this team can go anywhere. Honestly, it's a Super Bowl contender if everything goes goes right. How how much have you guys heard from Tua since since all this broke down? Like, does he feel like he's 100% ready to go? I mean, I mean, he's probably, like you said, he's probably the biggest concern you guys have. Um, Cause if he's not healthy, this team's going to go probably downhill kind of fast. I mean, we know Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey is a very passionate player, um, but he also knows when a team is failing. So, you know, he, he's not someone in the past. People thought he brought drama. He didn't really bring a whole lot to the Rams, but you know, this is a one-year deal that he's trying to make the most of. And if this team's failing, I could see that defense kind of starting to tank if he's one of the leaders trying to boost that thing back up. From practices, from trainings, from just practices by himself, everything is pouring into a healthy Tua. He's gained 10 pounds of muscle. That should help him try to stay a little bit more healthy in in and when he gets hit. He's been taking a lot of like it wasn't taekwondo, but it was some kind of like martial arts class, something he took to try to train him to fall better. And I know that sounds weird, but I mean, when you got a guy who got two major concussions in the same season, you got to do anything you can to not get sure. hurt. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I kind of going into that case. I mean, you look at Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald does all sorts of boxing and things like that to prepare himself for that double team. And how can he best use his hands? And, you know, people kind of get him about the choking thing. Or, well, what looks like choking, but it's kind of like just pushing them out of their way on the lower chest. But uh, but yeah, any types of those skills are really useful for these players to be able to to take advantage of what whether it's defending themselves or you know using it to to pressure the other team. Yeah, and they got uh, Tua using a one of one of those bigger safetyer helmets that's been going around now in the NFL. So it's it's really yeah, if he can if he can stay healthy, I mean Tua was a top ten quarterback last year when healthy, led the league in the yards for majority for first couple weeks of the season until obviously he got hurt in the Bengals game and got hurt really badly Christmas day. What a Christmas present that was, but we'll see what happens. It's all about to. Yeah. Uh, this is a, on a roster, like fate, just 
roster-wise, a very, very solid team. I think, like you said, Tua being healthy is the key for this team. I think they have a top five wide receiver duo, and I think that makes it easy for them to exploit very weak teams. Their problem is I feel like they tend to get one-dimensional without a running game, without a tight end game. Like, it, you guys, like, when you get against those uh, better defenses where you have to grind it out, you guys lose those games every time. You guys have struggle when you have to grind out games uh, because you don't have a run game and you don't have any ability outside of Tyreek Hill, it, hopefully catching a 90-yard pass for uh like ability to get back in the game and so like uh, did you guys do anything to address that running back or that uh that issue of being a little bit one-dimensional focusing on just on two wide receivers that's a lot of responsibility on two people when you don't really have a good solid third yet and you don't have a running back or tight end so interesting point you brought up with the running backs Miami has made an offer to Dalvin Cook it's up to Dalvin Cook to accept it it's not high obviously with the running back market as it is but Cook wants Cook wants to be in Miami it's been very well documented that he wants to play Miami if we sign Dalvin Cook all those questions are answered we got ourselves a number one running back got ourselves a top 15 running back guy who can run and catch the ball perfect for the Mike McDaniel yeah. San Francisco system but I I'm not as worried about the running back game as as you may be for the Dolphins, Ashton. I, I don't think it's as bad if we had a better offensive line. I, I really like our team. Mostert and Wilson are fine as a one-two punch. It's better than Buffalo has, in my opinion. And then you bring in a rookie speedster like A-Chain. Like, we have a decent, decent running back room. It's not great, obviously. You don't have that number one running back that scares people. But... I would take like offensively, like you look at us last year. I mean, we don't, we didn't have the best running back room and we still finished top 10 in basically points and yards the whole season. And that's with two of missing what eight, eight weeks of the season, six weeks of the season. So I'm not as much as concerned as that, but it's, it's tight end, tight end group and offensive line. Like I said, that that's, that's, that's what scares me. Yeah, it, it just to me, if you want to beat the Bengals or like the Chiefs or like you're, you're talking about the really top tier teams in the AFC, I feel like if you guys do sign Dalvin Cook, I think that's what your offense, your offense is just missing a little bit of something to be elite, like top three. And well, my, I think my, that's what it is. My counter argument to that is you bring up the Chiefs. I mean, look at their running back room. It, it's not great, but that doesn't hamper them. They don't even have good receivers, really, if you look at that. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is out of this world but they have a great line it's a, a good great line, line but they don't like, run the ball as he, much as other teams they don't need to because they have I, the best tight end which is why like, my point is that i'm not as worried about having not as good of a running back room when you have tyree kill and jalen waddle to throw to yeah i just think it's a little bit different when your o-line is worse you don't have a tight end at all and they have serviceable running backs when you have a great o-line you can have that running back room when you guys have the line you guys have, it's like the Rams. You got to have a better running back room, or they're not going to produce at all. And I just think that's something to push you into the elite. But you know, you'll be happy because I have the Rams. Or sorry, I have the Dolphins going twelve and five. 
I'm I'm high. <laughs> I hope I, I hope you're right. I really do. I mean, that was I I was higher on the Dolphins last year than you were. To be fair, and I feel like. I feel like their record would have been where I thought they would have been had Tua not get got hurt in my defense. Cause I think I had them gone 10 or 11 wins and they got pretty close to that. Um, but 12 wins, I think their schedule, like they, they have a few hard games. Uh, you have to play the bills twice. Not easy. The Eagles and chiefs. Uh, uh, but like after that, like, you got some winnable games. Uh, Cowboys would be hard for y'all, but like uh, the Ravens, like right now I have you guys losing to the Ravens, the Cowboys, the Jets once, the Chiefs and Eagles. But I have you beaten the Bills uh, both times. So like, I, I think it's I would, pretty fair. I would love that action personally. I, 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 see, I see us splitting the Bills. So that's our first loss. Chargers on the road week one. Um, just take it as a loss. Um, I think we lose to the Eagles and the Chiefs. That Germany game is going to be weird how we're going to play in Germany. Um, and then I got to split in the Jets and losing to the Ravens and Cowboys. But that could, I mean, easily you could get us a Cowboys win. Who knows if Lamar is going to be healthy all year? Who knows how they're going to be? Maybe it's a win against the Ravens that flips it to 12. But yeah, it, it's the sky's the limit with this team. It just depends how everybody develops and how injuries. All right, Andy, let's talk about New England. Um, what's your uh, take on this New England team? Uh, kind of struggling without Tom Brady, uh, Mac Jones. Is he him? Uh, is that offense just going to be sadness like it was last year? I, I would say it was like <laughs> below average. It wasn't complete sadness, but it so was the below pa- average. The, the Patriots to me are very it, – it's, it's, it's like the Indiana Jones films, right? It, it used to be the it used to be the films. It was making tons of money in the box office, winning the rings, winning the awards, and then this old Harrison Ford, ninety year old Harrison Ford, trots out there, and it's like, what what are we doing? Why are we still making these films? That's the Patriots to me. It has the heritage of being Belichick's rings and Brady's rings and the dynasty that was the Patriots. But now it's like they're trying so hard to hold on to it. Yeah, we're still the Patriots. We can still do it. And yeah, maybe every year they're going to squeak by winning seven, eight, nine wins, make a wild card game every three to two, two to three years. Is that what you want? Like, it, and, and they didn't do anything in the offseason to change that formula. Like you said, Ashton, they were middle of the road in points in both offense and defense. In terms of yardage, they were terrible offensively last year, 26th in yards, right around that range, but top 10 defensively in yards. So, like, Belichick teams, good defense, terrible offense. Doesn't get better. Um, I do like the one pickup they, they did get. They got Mike Jusecki and Juju Smith-Schuster. Solid pickups, but if that's the only offseason additions that matter, you're not going to really be like, in a good spot. It, like you said, it almost feels like they're pretending Tom Brady's still there. It, yeah. but He is there. He's Mac Jones, don't you know? I don't think Mac Jones is a <laughs> Tom Brady level. Top 10 quarterback, right? Patriots fans, uh, right? I, I will say their draft, though, going and getting Christian Gonzalez. I mean, obviously, you want to go offensively, but Christian Gonzalez is a stud. He's going to be a great corner. He's going to be Rookie of the Year corner uh, candidate for Defensive Rookie of the Year. So I really I – mean, it's a good pick, but they didn't really go offensively at all. But that's not a Belichick thing to do, right? Like, he doesn't draft offensive, and when he does, they're not very good half the time. I mean, uh, we, I'm, so I'm, I'm a, high on Will McDonald for Defensive Player of the Year. 
personally, but we'll get to him in a second when we get to the Jets. Yeah. But now the Patriots, I mean, do we say interesting? Because they're not really interesting. It's kind of just boring. They're just boring. And clearly, I think maybe all three of us are going to be the same. I could be wrong. I don't want to make assumptions, but they're going to be dead last in the AFC East. I mean, their entire special teams, both their punter and kicker, are brand new rookies. How well is that going to be? I mean, none, their defense is solid, but we've kind of proven time and time again that the way to win a Super Bowl is to have a better offense than defense, at least at least in today's NFL. Yeah, uh, Zach, what's your take on the Patriots? Uh, are are they boring, or, or are you shooting for them to win the Super Bowl as underdogs? <clears throat> so, so I live in Colts country, and uh, we might as well be just you know enemies of the the Patriots. So. Uh, yeah, I I definitely think they're they're going to be either second or last. I, they are boring. Um, there's nothing new, exciting coming out of them. Um, Belichick's just kind of I feel like just cashing things in. He hasn't really shown anything interesting in a long while. So um, we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I'm I'm with you guys. I think I think definitely going to be in the bottom two, if not the last. Yeah, I have them going seven and ten. Hey, me too. That means it's gonna happen. Put that on like a ECR stamp. It's gonna happen. That's a, pre- but yeah, they're just boring. Uh, they're, they're they, be- their first five games, the Rams have brutal first five games, but they do too. The Eagles to start the year again, and then Miami, and then the Jets, and then the Cowboys. Yeah, with uh, two of them being on the road, it's it's not an easy schedule at all. Yeah, no, like I. Uh, th- right there, I see them going zero and four, like in the first four weeks. I feel like Bill Belichick though will just do something crazy and get a win there when he shouldn't. Like maybe he beats the Eagles for some reason, and then the Eagles fans flip out. No, I didn't no, that, it, that would be against the winning, Cowboys. But... It, it would definitely be against the Cowboys, where the Cowboys do something stupid and get a kick blocked or something. Uh, it that would be a very Cowboys thing to do. Uh, all right. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about the New York Jets. Um, this is a team I'm personally super high on. I think they have a fantastic roster. I I thought they were a quarterback away. They had really atrocious quarterback play um, last year, uh, similar to Dolphins whenever Tua was out. Uh, in a really, really great, underrated uh, rookie wide receiver in Garrett Wilson. I had him on fantasy, by the way, and that was a great pickup. Uh, he, he did fantastic. It really did. Uh, they had a good running back room between Michael Carter and Brees Hall. Uh, it, when Brees Hall went down, I really think that kind of tanked their season. Uh, he was kind of the engine of their offense. Uh, letting their wide receivers get open. Uh, and, you know, they made the big trade for uh, <laughs> what? A COVID man, a toe man, uh, whatever you call Aaron Rodgers these days. Uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Andy, uh, what's the breakdown of the Jets? It's either going to be a great year or a big upset year for them like it's it's so hard to predict because it could go either way i mean i think ashton you're probably high i think zach you're probably a little bit more low than ashton is and that's that's the beautiful thing about the jets or i guess sad part if they if they're good for me but is it's 
it's interesting, right? Robert Sala, I think, is going to be a good head coach, but he hasn't proven he's a good offensive coach. Now he's got Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers is 38 years old. I mean, is he? I mean, it's very, if you look at the list of quarterbacks that are at 38 or Pro Bowl level, it's like three, right? Aaron Rodgers never four. listens to offensive coordinators, anyways. He and just last, does his own thing. Last year, Rodgers wasn't good. And he's bringing over, like, his receiver core wasn't great. I'm not going to say it was amazing, but. Christian Watson was a decent receiver. He's a rookie receiver. You have Alan Lazard who's coming over. So, like, he had some of the same pieces now. And, yes, Gary Wilson's a huge upgrade. But I just – I think Rodgers is not the same quarterback that he used to be. I don't think he's number four. I think he was four in the right the top ten. I, I disagree. I put him at eight. It's still a great quarterback. But, I, I mean, it's tough with that age. It could be a drop-off. Brees Hall, like you said, though, he's coming off that ACL tear. But if he can stay healthy – He's he's really good last year. I mean, he he's was a monster. Really breaking out right before his knee gave out. I mean, it was it was good to see. It's scary to see because that's a complete team with with Brees Hall. Um, mm-hmm. Offensive I mean, line, it, they were trying to address it in the draft. They kind of got fleeced in the draft and got forced to dra- draft Will McDonald. And I think he's good, but that line's not very. Their offensive line's not very good, and that that's going to be an issue for Aaron Rodgers, who's a pocket passer primarily. Yeah, I mean, to me, I, I think that this this is going to show either if if the Jets don't get in first in the division, I kind of think this was a bust. Um, yeah. I mean, you look at the AFC, you look at the AFC in general, and it is a it is a grueling it's a it's a grueling conference, and you're going to have to go up against the. I mean, you look at the top five quarterbacks of the league right now, and they're AFC, uh, other than maybe Jalen if he's in or if Hurts uh, if he's in there. But <clears throat> I mean, you look at it; he's gonna he's this is not gonna be an easy trek to get to the Super Bowl. And if he doesn't get in first, I don't foresee them making it that far. And I think you know this is gonna be great for Aaron Rodgers in his bank account. Uh, but, but other than that, like, I don't think that the jets are going to like this move when it comes to the end of the year. I I don't know. That schedule is super easy for them. They just play the bills twice and the chiefs outside of that. They play the Browns, Washington, the Texans, mm. Atlanta. It's the who's who of terrible teams. They also, uh, the also Broncos. Play they play at the Cowboys and they're, and the, they play against the Eagles this year. And so the Eagles and Cowboys and the Chiefs, that's three teams. I I'm higher on the Browns. Here's a hot take for your podcast. I'm higher on the Browns and the Jets. Oh. Oh, you you hurt me with that take, Andy. I'm man. I it's <clears throat> give me a, I, I think the I mean, I'm Browns, so sore from that take. I'm gonna have to get a massage, Andy. The Browns are okay, okay, okay. <laughs> this PG or whatever, right? Um, the Browns are very similar to the Jets with their quarterback away, right? I mean, it's very similar teams, but I I like the Browns more because I. The problem is, is that the Browns the Browns are in a tough. Well, I don't know. I I don't know. The Browns, I don't think will. I think they're going to be at a bottom two anyway. So. I don't. I don't really foresee that. I think Aaron Rodgers. I think the Jets could be a boom or bust. And I and I said, like I said, even getting in second in that division, I think is a bust for that, for what they did this year. Um, so that's why I'm probably more 
in favor of the Jets um, than the Browns. But um, but yeah, that's how many playoff wins do they need for it be worth it for you? If people had the same comments about Stafford too. That's why I'm asking. I mean, it's the Jets. I mean, some people still say the Lions fleeced us. I, I mean, the you guys won the Super Bowl, so that's just not true. But okay. I mean, if the Jets win Super Bowl, then I mean, but they're not. I just don't think they are. Yeah, like okay. I said, like they have to get first in the division. And they have, I mean, they would have to, they would have to get a buy and they may have a chance. That's, I feel like that's the only way the Jets are going to get in. Cause again, they're not facing the tough teams realistically. Now they're going to face them though in the, in, in uh, the playoffs. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's the AFC East. So uh, I think, uh, Oh, wait, Andy, hold, hold, hold on one second. I, I don't think we gave our record predictions for the Jets. So oh, Ashley, yeah. What do, you, what do you have for them? I have them going 12 and 5. Jeez. What are you, what, what sauce are you eating right now? Golly. So, so how many teams? So, Did what does that, that mean? For, does that mean first in the division? Uh, Let's see. I, so, you gave it. No, everyone... they, they go 4 and 2 in division. So, they uh, get the wild card. So Miami goes five and one, 12 and okay. five. You, you guys tie, but uh, you had tiebreaker over the Jets. Interesting. I had my personal rate is nine and eight. Ooh. Their schedule is not as easy as you think it is, Ashton. It's very similar to the Dolphins' schedule. They play the same opponents, more or less. And I don't think no, they're gonna, they play the Falcons fun. and Texans in Washington. That's like. They also play the Chargers and, and the Eagles and the Cowboys, and they play the normal. I'm AFC not as high team. on the Chargers as I think. The Chargers are, are a better team. Doesn't mean they're going to play better. No, I think their coach sucks. I think it's Brennan Staley's fault that they're so bad. Roster wise, they're a better team than better quarterback, better running back, maybe better receivers. De- defensively, they're probably a little better. I mean, what? It's just their it's their head coach. But this isn't about the Chargers. This isn't about that LA team, but I had nine and eight. That means they're third in the AFC East, which means it's for me, Bills, Dolphins, Jets, and Patriots, which is the same as last year. But what can I say? Um, I I got Dolphins, Jets, Bills, Patriots. Bills third is interesting. Bills third with 11 wins. And I. Yeah, you gave that whole division. Give that whole division plus 10. Yeah, I'm I'm really on AFC East. Uh, the Patriots had seven wins. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. seven and ten. Oh, I Jets. I mean, they're gonna be completely wrong, or I'm gonna be like completely spot on. It's it's no in between. It's not gonna be like they're gonna be eight or ten. They're either gonna be like a super great team yeah. and they're making it to the conference round or Super Bowl, or they're gonna be just missing the playoffs entirely. I think it's gonna be mostly on Aaron Rodgers, unless that that defense somehow can like gel because they have a great roster for defense. They've just played terrible. It kind of is similar to the Dolphins. Great roster just hasn't been potentially like utilized correctly. Yeah, guys, that's the AFC East. Uh, 
Thank you, Andy, uh, for coming on. Uh, really good stuff there. I hope we uh, educated and uh, our listeners learned something about the AFC East. I, I know I definitely learned a few things, like the Browns are apparently better. But uh, <laughs> not okay. Let me. I, that's not what I said. That's not what I said. And Andy likes Massage Boy. It's fine. We, we get <laughs> no, it. Don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Zach, you got anything else? No. So this is, we're one week away from the official starting of a, uh, the training camp. Uh, Rams are going to be reporting one week from today. The players, um, fans are going to be able to participate, go and watch them and a bunch of free stuff that they're going to be passing out, get to meet some legends, things like that. So starting July 29th is when fans are going to be able to go out to training camp. And, uh, and yeah, get to see the players, get to see some of the action that's happening. Uh, should be some good times. We, unfortunately, will not be out there this year. Uh, but please share your pictures. We, we, we really want to see the Rams community get out there um, and support this, this young, young, very young uh, team that we got going on. Yep. And real quickly, uh, we got some merch that came in. Uh, yeah for uh me and zach and one of these bad boys that you see on your screen here uh we're doing a fantasy league it's free entry winner gets a t-shirt or 40 dollars uh but uh preferably t-shirt because it's really cool uh there's a few spots left so if you want to go and join that uh we'll be doing the draft sometime this weekend most likely depending on uh how people vote uh, but it should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to uh, getting in the fantasy ring with these guys. Uh, definitely uh, got a little, you know, cheated in my last league. So this year I'm coming back with vengeance in both my leagues. You know, I'm going to definitely uh, be the madman that people know I am uh, trading mm-hmm. like wildfire and uh yeah, gonna have a lot of fun. So I hope you guys join. We want some more viewers in there. Got two right now. Um, Put your guys' stuff on a, to test your football knowledge, and uh, hopefully, you guys can win some uh, gear in the, you know, process. Andy's part of it too. Uh, I'm looking forward to week eight. I think it's week eight, Andy. I got it circled on my calendar. I'm gonna change my team name right now after this podcast to uh, the Browns Lover. So I'm gonna beat <laughs> you, and you'll know why. No massage boy. <laughs> I got some. I got some great graphics for this fantasy league. So you guys okay. need to come up with some good logos so that I can use that when we face off each other uh, each week. So uh, be looking forward to that. Yeah. Hey, maybe well. we we could do like a weekly like reaction series to our fantasy team matchups and go over uh, the drama. <laughs> of, uh, you, the... Might, you might get a little uh, bored talking about your losses every week like that. <laughs> You know what? A lot of people talk crap about my team last year, and I went 4-0. Those same people stopped talking real quick. So you keep on talking, Andy, uh, because that logo you see on my team saying you, Mad Bro, uh, that'll that'll be you. Trash talk already started. Uh, Just let's see how the teams get drafted before you talk smack. All right, well, let's finish with uh, Andy talking some smack about where you can find him or what it, what he's up to with some of his projects. Um, working on my uh, off-season stuff right now, my preseason 
grades. You saw my AFC. I got that done, luckily, before they even asked me to do this podcast. So very fortunate about that, going through each team, seeing what I like, what I don't like, trying to get my fantasy rankings so I can smack these boys in this fantasy league. Uh, but you can see my Twitter handle is on the screen, at AndySandlin2001. That's somewhat active, not as much active as other people, but I like to post some some fun sports stuff there. So you can catch me there. Very good. Ashton, anything else you want to say before we wrap things up? Nah, it, it's fine. Uh, I'll see you on the digital field, Andy, and uh, my team's <laughs> going to be ready. I'm going to I'm gonna make sure that uh, <laughs> all those uh, – I can't even joke about it because I find that so crazy that people DM athletes <laughs> over fantasy. Uh, either way uh, – they're going to be ready. My team's going to be prepped for week eight, Andy. Okay. And you just give, watch out. In those, and, in those uh, talks. and on our <laughs> fantasy podcast, reacting to that game, I'm going to make you wear a Rams jersey. I'm going to bring a jersey down and make you wear it. Oh, just we don't because you Oh, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to be a referee in this match, I feel <laughs> like. Sounds like it's going to happen. All right, well, before this thing goes – before things go into even more chaos, I think we're going to wrap it up uh, this week's uh, episode of the East Coast Rams podcast. I forgot to mention, we have a new logo. We've been kind of transitioning oh, yeah. some yeah. stuff over the last several weeks. So keep a look, keep an eye out for our new logos and stuff like that. Rebranding. Uh, we're on Instagram now, so you can find us on Instagram if you if you so choose. Um, but yeah, if you want to find us, uh, the best way to go is follow us on Twitter at East Coast Rams. Um, that's where you can find all of our other social media places. Um, and definitely subscribe to us on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash at East Coast Rams. Um, but yeah, this was such a fun episode. Um, you know, we're just a few more sleeps until training camp. And that really means, you know, they get to put on the pads. They actually get to touch each other. Uh, not inappropriately. <laughs> I want to, I want to put that out there. This is kid friendly show. Uh, but they, they, they do finally get to actually, um, get some of their frustrations out on each other. So with that, we are going to wrap things up and we will see you guys next time. Ramley. <laughs>